0: All right, that was super fun recording with Anne Marie, And the part that got me was when you were talking about the music that you heard on the radio and the explicit lyrics that you just like didn't even realize were there. (laughs) Not necessarily explicit, but just like awkward lyrics. (laughs) They were very
1: sexual in nature, I'm not gonna lie. I wish I could, it was so dumb. Like I remember where we were, we were in the car, we were about to go over the bridge, all three kids were in the backseat. Me, my husband, and my oldest son were singing along to these lyrics. My son wouldn't have had any idea what they meant. But yeah, my husband and I just like looked at each other like, what are we even singing right now? What is our 10-year-old singing in the backseat? Like, you you like learn these songs or watch these movies or TV shows when you're younger, and you don't realize till you're older. The words that are actually coming out of your mouth are so inappropriate.
0: (laughs) I know. Not music, but what I was thinking of as soon as you said that was Mm -hmm. the movie The Mighty Ducks. I loved that movie when I was a kid. (laughs) Loved it. My brother brother was addicted to that movie. (laughs) The Flying V. We didn't have Uh very many movies, so like I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was a good movie, but Mm -hmm. it was like Home Alone, The Mighty Ducks. Those were pretty much what we had. Old Yeller. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Anyway, what I was thinking of a couple years ago was on TV and I was like, oh, sit down and watch that one night with the kids and which is fine. It, there's it's yeah. not a bad movie or anything, but I just never realized Emilio Estevez was like it was a punishment. He was helping these <laughs> kids because he had gotten a DUI. Like I totally yeah. <laughs> like brushed over that I over child. that part. Yeah. There's so many things
1: like that. So many. But just as a side note, that movie, we actually hid it from my little brother because he watched it so often. <laughs> we hit it because I'm sure it's a good movie but I never want to watch it again because I've seen it way too many times. He was like I mean it, he was addicted. <laughs> yeah. There's worse there's worse things, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we had an interview with Anne Marie McDonald, who is the chief parent officer at Gab Wireless. Um, Gab Wireless is like a, how would you describe it? It's probably on their website, the best way to describe it, but they're a safe tech company, right? Like they have phones without social media, without the internet, but they do have GPS, like so that you can keep your kids safe. Your kids can phone you, your kids can text. Like they, they look good. They also have watches Mm -hmm. and I'm just so thankful for a company. Music, safe music. I thought that was really cool. (laughs) Um, Especially, yeah, given what we were just talking about. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Anne Marie McDonald, she's called the chief parent officer. She has some other different titles at Gab as well, but that one I love. Um, so we talked with her because like Rita and I have talked on this podcast before about, and I know this sounds so alarmist, but honestly, the dangers of the digital digital world. It sounds alarmist, but it's not. I think we can all acknowledge that the digital world is a dangerous place, whether it's because social media can cause um, addiction or depression or comparison traps or kids could unwittingly Or on purpose stumble into pornography or predators or explicit content of any kind, you know. And then just the the rapid rise in screen time that's correlating with suicide and all these things, you know. uh, Anne Marie says in the interview, like it's really a solution, and that's why we wanted to chat with her.
0: Yeah, and like missed opportunities for learning other things and spending time as a family, Mm -hmm. and she talks about that a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I really appreciated this conversation and the opportunity Gab provides for us to have, you know, a way for our kids to be able to phone us. And um, I said, phone Mm -hmm. us. You say that. I don't say that because I'm from America. I say call. You say phone.
1: (laughs) I just picked that up from you. I'm rubbing off on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, But anyway, text, you know, those kind of things, but Mm -hmm. uh, do it in a safe way. So guys, if you listen to this episode and this is something that you're looking for, for your family, she does offer us a discount code for our listeners. So Mm -hmm. you can go to gabwireless.com and use the discount code boom clap.
1: Yeah. And she said their um, promotions change month to month. So some months it might get you $25 off. Some months it might get you $50 off. I guess you won't really know until you put the thing in your cart and check the promo code. So do check that out. Um, Yeah, I know I will. So
0: anyway, we hope you enjoy our interview with Anne-Marie McDonald. All right, Anne-Marie, we are excited to have you with us at the Boom Clap podcast today. Thanks for coming on. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, Cecily and I both love that your title at Gab Wireless is Chief Parenting Officer. It's I don't know if that's your official title or your um, your personal title you gave yourself, but it's great. And we would we're just happy to have you, but we would love for you to tell us a little bit more about what you do specifically at Gab.
2: Yes. So chief parent officer is something that I uh, was, that I have adapted. I wasn't hired on uh, with that title. My background is in communications and PR, but knowing that Gab is all about protecting kids. And as a mother of four, it became Mm -hmm. very apparent as I started with Gab, uh, that it's the voice of a parent that Mm -hmm. is really what is going to drive this Product and mm-hmm. and and really the ultimate reason why Gab exists, which is to protect our kids. Mm-hmm. So that's it is a fun title because that's ultimately what I do. I talk about how we can have open dialogue with our kids, the importance of it, and giving tech in steps so you don't uh, do it too much with your kids and overwhelm them, and do it in a process so. All uh, all parents and child um, are happy and um, thrive as they get older yeah. into the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I guess I said parenting officer, it's chief parent officer, so I'll correct myself there. But uh, I, I like how you said give tech in steps because we can't just shelter our kids from this. It's something they will be exposed to. but. It's the fact that we can give something to them and kind of just foster them into the technology world a little bit so that they can use it well. That's right. And I think as a parent,
2: we teach our kids how to swim uh, by first blowing bubbles mm. and then we uh, we take them and they we learn how to kick kick and then they progress and we wouldn't just drop them in the ocean, right? Like we do all these different uh, steps in parenting, you know, you think about how kids learn how to ride a bike. They start with their little tricycle, and then we take the training wheels off, and then they go. And it's, I think, we're now learning because we're the the first parent generation to be completely immersed in this that there is such value in introducing tech and having those conversations, and doing it in a way that's bite sized, so that kids mm-hmm. and parent aren't completely overwhelmed when their child is five and saying, but I want my iPhone. I mean, it just happens younger and younger. So absolutely. It's those tech and steps and bite-sized conversations that make all the difference.
1: Yeah. That was a really good analogy, like comparing it to swimming. I had never thought of it in that sense. Like I had thought of it before, like, oh yeah, tech and steps, that makes sense. But that actually makes it even more clear. Like, I think it's so easy for us to lose track of, you know, because tech is such a, everyday part of our lives that it's very easy to kind of take it for granted and lose sight of the fact that just like anything else, our kids do need a slow introduction. So that's awesome. And I think it's genius that you work at Gab and you are a parent. Um, and that's, that's what's in your title. So it's not just a, like a good marketing move, which I have a feeling you're a really good marketer because that's a really good title. But also, it just wouldn't make as much sense to have someone in your role if they didn't fully understand the gravity of being a parent and um, the tech world as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you do at Gab? Besides, you know, like get, I'm so impressed with the Gab website because it's not just um, this is what we do. Here's our products. Come and buy it. You guys actually educate. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: That's right. We have a family resource, uh, a family resource site on the Gab website full of articles and information. And it takes the scary out of technology. Mm. You know, you'll have these conversations with moms maybe on the sideline of a game where they'll say something like, I don't even know where to start, or it's terrifying. It's so terrifying, all the things that are Mm -hmm. out there. And, and so we have two choices as a parent, we can either educate ourselves, So then we have the answers when our kid says, well, why can't I have an iPhone? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I have an iPhone? I'm, I, you know, at age five or six or seven or eight or whatever, that you are prepared and that you say, I'm we're going to do tech and steps because I love you and I want to protect you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to learn how to balance yourself in this new big bold world. And that they are prepared because you have already begun the conversation. So yeah. that would say I would the biggest thing that I do is educate and take mm-hmm. that scare out of Gab and really empower parents to know it's not scary. Just take the time to learn. And then you'll be equipped and ready to parent um, and help them. Another thing that I I do is we are just obsessed with safety at Gab. So every time we launch a new product or we discuss a product, it is absolutely important that that is the safest device in the world. We have a Gab Watch, and then we have our. Uh, Gab phone. And then we just released our Gab phone plus. So every time that we put a product out that it is 100% parent backed, uh, safety that, you know, when you give your child the Gab device, they're not going to find, um, a predator lurking or porn or something that they really stumble upon that they're not ready for, or shouldn't see entirely ever.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing and so important because I feel like just as time goes on, we're learning that like you know, even when it comes to like TV and subscriptions, like Netflix isn't a safe place for kids to navigate themselves anymore. Um, Disney is no longer necessarily a safe place for kids to navigate by themselves. So it's so amazing to be able as a parent to put your trust, as much trust as you can put in anything, into a company like Gab and just know that. They're looking out for your kids as well as you are. Um, so obviously that doesn't release the parental responsibility, but man, it feels good in a world where the parent has to be so hypervigilant at all times to know that there's a company that kind of has those values and is looking out for you, has your back on that. Thank
2: you. Because we do, we have your back. We want mm-hmm. kids to thrive. And we know the way to do that is to keep them safe. And uh, the, we are so careful who our kids spend time with right? Mm -hmm. We know they're friends. We want them to have good friends, but we give them a phone and it is like the very worst friend Um, when when it's out, when it's without parental controls or when um, it's on a gab device, you unlock a, a, a world that is just awful. So it's, it's just a, a new way of thinking about, um, how your kids are spending their time and who they're spending it with. And knowing that it's a gap device, you don't have to worry.
1: Yeah. 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 You had mentioned the first time that we met with you um, via Zoom or whatever it was. I can't remember. First time we met with you anyway, that you actually had had a personal experience um, with regret over a a phone with your kid. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Right. Those first and oldest child, they really go through like don't they? They, they go <laughs> all of the hard <laughs> things because you're just they're kind of that, that experiment child, yes. the answer, right? But um, my when my child turned 13, he said, you know, I'm the last who doesn't that doesn't have a phone. I mm-hmm. want a phone. Of course, he wanted the iPhone. And this was right as we were going into quarantine. And we said, mm-hmm. Okay, if you go without sugar. That was what we thought. We thought he was, right. if he goes without sugar, then we would give for three months, then we would get, he would prove that he is, um, that he, ha- he has enough maturity for an iPhone. Like self-control. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I thought maybe, right? <laughs> so, so he goes without sugar for his birthday. He gets this iPhone and it's locked down. Like we, we had the parental controls and we, as a family established really clear boundaries. It's. Checked in at night, and um, and you know we had, we'd had open dialogue, which I knew that that's what we should do. But what I didn't what I didn't um, expect was that my son was completely pulled into this world of gaming on his phone. Mm. And I would walk into a room, and I would have a conversation, and he wouldn't even look up at me. And mm-hmm. I remember. One time um, I walked in and I had to turn on the light to get his attention because he was just on his phone. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, this has got to stop. We've got to find an alternative way so we can relearn these patterns. Um, And so I found Gab as a parent and I Mm -hmm. said to them, this is such a great solution Mm-hmm. Uh, and it worked for our family. We actually took away the iPhone and gave him a gab. And I saw the light turn back on oh, wow. and I saw him start to communicate and he was out like building forts and doing mm-hmm. the things that he'd done before. But I thought, oh, he's a teenager. This is a normal behavior. But for, for what, but what we experienced is it actually was very much tied the time he was spending on his phone. Oh, and. then yeah. So what we were able to do because of Gab is we taught and established boundaries and habits. Mm. So that was big for us so we could say, "Hey, there's not games on the Gab device. This is going to be a tool. This is so we can communicate. There's a time for gaming. There's a time for for everything. But first and foremost, you can't live behind the screen. Let's. Um, we want you to thrive. So that was that was how I came up upon Gab, and it was such a building." a tool for our family. And um, and it was, again, that that Tech in Steps It then helped us talk about the bigger discussion of how does tech continue to um, help instead of hinder a child? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anne-Marie, can I ask how long did he have the iPhone before you notice like a change in his behavior with the gaming?
2: So it was I, – I brought up quarantine because I was confused. I thought – It was right as we were going into quarantine. It was this like new life we were doing Mm on. Like I couldn't, I was just trying to grasp what happened to my child. And I would say it was within three months.
1: Right. So not
2: very long. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, it was three months. And it just, it built, right? It was just like he got more pulled in. The really cool thing about that experience is he said to me, I love who I am away from my phone. Like he he realized how it had sucked him in, but it's like he had to get away to then have that distinction of, yeah, I,
1: I, that was too much for me too much. You know what? I, I wrote down a lot of the things you said because I was like pulled into that story a hundred percent. But what really caught my interest at the beginning is that you were a really informed parent before you got him the iPhone. Like you said, you had clear boundaries. The phone was locked down. There were parental controls. There were There were these limits that you had put around him because of the knowledge that you had already informed yourself with, yet these things still happen, right? And so he fell into the gaming, um, but there's other kids that fall into things that, you know, are even more detrimental. And thank goodness that wasn't the case for your son. But I really liked what you said, like when the phone was taken away and he had the gab you said the light came back on. And I can only imagine how good that felt as a parent. Like if you see your kid change and you're trying to identify the reason why and then you identify it and things improve, like, wow, that must have been such an amazing thing. And also what a, a warning that like this technology, if used improperly, can literally turn off the light in our kids. And that's so sad. It, so I found it, that really it does. interesting. I mean, it
2: turns off the light even in me as an adult Like, mm-hmm. I spend too much time on it. I have to, I have to self-regulate, but as an adult, you know, I do it with sugar. It's like, okay, ate way too much. I got (laughs) to kind of, you know, you you can do that, right? Mm -hmm. We know our boundaries. We know how to be healthy. But when you give a phone to a child, they, they just have no, no idea how to pull themselves out of that dark screen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But how impressive that your son, as young as he is, was able to recognize and say that he loves who he is away from his phone. I think that's really impressive for for a young man to say something like that. You should be super proud. But another mm-hmm. thing that you had said was, you know, a lot of people would consider that just normal teenage behavior, like mm-hmm. having that light turned off and being sucked into their devices. But you were able to back against that and say, no, that's not normal behavior. And I think that's a really big problem that's happening right now in our culture in general is that we're just accepting that as normal behavior as like, yeah, we just give them the phone because that's what people do. And then, yeah, that they're addicted to it and that's just normal and that's okay. But I like that you and Gab are saying like, no, that's, that's not okay. That's not who you're meant to be. And here's a way to pull them out of that. Like, it's a really dangerous mindset that our culture has right now. It is. And in addition to that, the thing about
2: when you raise a child with balance and you raise a child away from the phone, they gain that inner confidence by learning skills that they would, they would only have time to learn, not behind the screen. Mm. And you can't replace that. So the child, um, you know, they can they can spend time doing piano lessons or whatever their passion, whatever, however they discover their passion. There is so much um, opportunity with knowing that if you spend your time learning a skill that builds confidence,
0: mm-hmm.
2: then um, then the sky is the limit, and you'll you'll continue as you age to look back on that rather than if you're behind the screen, all the missed opportunities on the things that you love. Um, I yeah. heard this this guy was giving this dad was giving some uh, feedback to my daughter, and he asked her. He said, so what do you like to do? And so his feedback, and she said, "Uh," like she kind of waited a second to answer. (laughs) And he said, hey, you should know exactly. It's it's really, it's important that you know exactly um, what you like to do. Hmm. And so she was able to, you know, start saying those things. And I thought it would be so easy for a child who just games to say, oh, I just game. Right. I I live my life behind a screen. You know, great to culture or to to develop a cultured, well-rounded child. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. One one thing that made me think of when you were talking about uh, confidence specifically, um, after the Uvalde shooting in Texas, there was Mm -hmm. a post that went around, um, and Cecily and I talked about it on a previous episode, where a teacher apparently had like at the end of his class, I, I don't know if it was every day or occasionally he would stop five minutes early and tell the kids he wanted them to talk. And they would immediately just pull out their phones and sit there and stare at their phones. He's mm-hmm. like, no, you have to put down your phones and talk to each other. And he used this also as just kind of a test to see who was um, communicating, who had somebody to communicate with, who was kind of sitting there lonesome after everybody put down their phones. But The point is here is everybody pulled out their phones, you know? And so I think that this is also a tool, you know, like you said, for confidence, but where our kids can learn to communicate verbally with people again, because they're not constantly on social media. Because with Gab, you can text, you can talk, but you're not on social media, which is, I think, a primary portion of where kids are spending their time when you see them out on their phones, like just like walking, looking at their phones. Mm. I agree. Like Snapchatting everything they do or, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. So. And it's it's learning just that basic communication. Social skills, of, yeah. Yes, eye contact. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so important, but it, yet yeah, it's lost behind the screen if not yeah. called out and addressed aprop- appropriately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, on your guys' website under the Why Gab page, mm-hmm. you guys talked a little bit about – <clears throat> sorry, about how much – time kids are spending on screens. And I was, I was shocked. So for kids between the ages of eight to 11, it's four plus hours spent on the phone. So it's not even talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not even talking about screen time in general. That's just phone usage. Is that right? Age eight to 11. It is right.
2: And you know, you hear those statistics and it is so staggering and it just, it's, it's like, you can't even believe that the time that's being spent on a screen and our goal is not to provide or not to just say, Hey, parents, you're doing it wrong. We're not, we provide solutions. We offer Mm -hmm. ways to help parents to say, Hey, they're consider putting down the phone and living a big grand life because that Mm. human connection is the best part of life and teaching them that there is value in just putting it down and Mm -hmm. understanding that um, there, there should be a limit on the time behind the screen. We, we are forced to use technology, right. Yeah. And the technology yes. is bad. And as a technology company, we, we are pro tech. And that's something mm-hmm. that I want to make sure that we, that I, that I am, um, that comes across. Totally. i I, I love technology, but it's mm-hmm. just helping them understand good tech, bad tech. And when it's a time to just actually put away the tech. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely. That's so important. And I think that's something that Rita and I have said before too, like you had said with your, your son that you had said, you know, tech is a tool. Um, I totally agree. Like Rita and I, we wouldn't even have a friendship if, if it wasn't for technology, like here I am sitting in Canada and there she is way out in the Midwest. And, you know, we have this friendship thanks to technology and like, it's, it's a huge blessing, but yeah, when we look at just the screen time, kids are essentially, they're, putting in a full-time job on their phones. So like we had said, four plus hours for the ages, eight to 11, seven plus hours for ages 12 to 18. Like that's almost a full-time job or could be. Um, Mm -hmm. This is what's upsetting to me. Two times more likely to be diagnosed with depression for teens who spend seven plus hours a day on devices. And I can totally see that. Like you said, the light goes out, right? And then 71% of teens are more at risk of suicide when spending five plus hours per day on a device. And, you know, people, and I think there's a lot of reasons for this. The suicide rate seems to be going up. There's a lot of reasons for that. But when we read stats like that, it's like, okay, we can see some clear connections. So I love the way you say, we're not condemning, you're not condemning parents at all for what they're doing, but providing solutions. Like that's such a positive, positive way to go about making change. So not taking technology away or saying it's useless, but saying technology is good. Here's maybe a better way to do it. That's awesome.
2: Thank you. And I think it's just empowering them to know here's a safe device, have at it. Like you can't get in Mm, trouble here. When I say trouble, you can't, you can't stumble upon something that. Um, You shouldn't hear like this is something that we want you to use and love and um, and love because it connects you with people, but yet doesn't suck you in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On that note, do you want to talk through some of the digital dangers like that go along with internet use for kids?
2: Yes, I think as a parent, it's important to. Be aware of the things that are coming and the things that are already mainstream. For instance, VR. VR is so fun. Those virtual reality goggles, they put them on, right? And there's games and just so much amazing um, uh, all-around stimulation that happens. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it's also a really harmful way that kids are, um, being lured in by predators and also being exposed to pornography. Mm. So that is one red flag that I would encourage parents to be aware of. And being in those dark goggles, uh, it, it doesn't seem possible. It just seems it's all about games, but it's very easy for predators to access your child that way. So that's my big warning there. And then Mm. also the metaverse. Now, the Metaverse is this virtual reality that Facebook and Meta, well, Meta has put billions of dollars in to creating. So we can't actually visit the Metaverse yet, but it's coming. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a whole new world for us. And my big uh, megaphone on this is start talking to your kids about strangers. Mm -hmm. Start talking to them about... um, the person who will say they're their friend and they just wanna play roadblocks or they just want to they're the same age and they just they just want a picture and then you know that 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 sort of um luring that happens. It's you know like park like in parks and playgrounds, predators they they're gonna lurk there too. And so we just need to be really uh upfront with our child and children to say they're there and it's important that you're aware and they're, they're sneaky, Mm -hmm.
1: you know? Yeah. And like you said, like they lurk at playgrounds and stuff. And the thing about virtual reality and like the metaverse, it's much easier to be in hiding there. You like, you know, there's not a bunch of parents sitting on the bench thinking, Hmm, that guy looks a little sketchy. Um, it's pretty easy to kind of become who you want to be in the metaverse and to project that image to other people. And I'm, I'm going to guess it's pretty easy for people, unfortunately, especially kids who haven't fully developed their brains yet to believe that this person is so nice. They are who they say they are. And it's, yeah, it's scary. It is scary because you wouldn't,
2: they, they just aren't able to comprehend that um, a stranger that wants to play Roblox or in this virtual reality aren't who they say they are. It just, mm-hmm. it like doesn't even... It's such a hard concept for them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so, so, so one more ahead. thing I'd like to add with that okay. is you're, I don't, I always, I, when I bring up the fear, I always want to come up with just some proactive Love it. actions. My big uh, hope is that parents stay current on what's happening with the metaverse, that they just stay mm-hmm. involved with their child, asking them questions um, just listening, taking the time to listen, ask them, you know, Hey, I tell me what you like about that game or
1: just staying current, staying involved really does help them stay safe. Absolutely. That's really good encouragement. So another thing that you guys have on that Y Gap page, again, I love your website. I, I I frequent it. (laughs) I
2: hope your listeners will check it out as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Gabwireless.com, you guys, there's lots there. Um, but yeah, you guys had written about, well, there's two things I want to talk about. One is social media, and one is explicit content. Let's go with explicit content first. Because as as we've been having this discussion, I was thinking about the explicit content and the fact that like, I don't think any kids seek it out intentionally. Like they don't want to necessarily find that. But here on your website, it says nine of 10 kids are unwillingly exposed to explicit content. So these kids are going in innocent, right? And unfortunately the explicit content is finding them or seeking them out essentially. And that age 11 is the average age of when kids are exposed to pornography. And again, it's not just a magazine that lays flat and does nothing like, this is not the pornography of old and our kids are being exposed to it at age 11 and sometimes younger. So the explicit stuff is, you know, I think I have been concerned about that as a parent since my ba- my children were babies, just kind of thinking ahead to like, what is one thing that I never want my kids to have to bear the burden of? And it's that, like, there's so many things, but that was one big thing always. So what yes. are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, explicit con- content comes in all shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, yesterday, just yesterday, my my daughter uh, was reading in her room mm-hmm. and she came out and she said, mom, is there, is there vidAngel angel for, for books? Mm. And I said, What? And she said, I just was reading along and then all of a sudden this happened. And she started, you know, panicking. And Aww. and I, I just thought, okay, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. you know, take a deep breath. I'm so sorry you experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. In a book she was reading. Yeah. Um, you know, her kids are just, they they get online and then they're watching something and then boom, a, pornogra- a pornographic image comes up. Mm-hmm. So the goal really is, I think when she came to me, I thought, okay, she came to me. That's the win, right? Because you That's want me to come yeah. to you. <laughs> talk to you but then when they do it's important that I would say number one we don't freak out yeah I made a commitment to myself um that that my and I've told my kids I will not freak out mm-hmm. even if you tell me mommy this is something that remember how you promised you wouldn't freak out you know they kind of like prep me for <laughs> it right. like, I will not freak out tell me let's talk about it like
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think it's important to know that there's just going to be things that happen
1: mm-hmm Talk
2: about it when it does, but there are such there are such great tools um, to help them understand how to navigate it. Um, for instance, we just launched Gab Music, which is a really new and um, one of its one of its kind uh, type of filtration, and so kids can listen to music without all the all the explicit content, and it's a way that we have um, filtered the music where if it doesn't pass a test, then it's not integrated into gab music. So kids can listen to music without all of the, all of the phrases that come with music. I mean, you think about it probably in the top 100, uh, billboard hits, I'd say at least 90 of them have mm. explicit content. Right. So it is just it is. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's making sure that you surround your kids with solutions, like Gab music and um that you you know, just different safe products that help your kids so that they they don't get exposed to it,
1: yeah, I was just telling someone about Gab music the other day. I think it was my husband, actually. We were driving in the car, and we were just singing along to an old song. That we hadn't ever really thought much of as younger people <laughs> <That's> how it <laughs> so always we were, happens <laughs> yes. and then we were singing along our kids were actually in the back seat and we're like whoa these lyrics are wow i can't even remember what the song was but it just gets in your head right and even yes. if you're not thinking about it or think you're being influenced by it it's in there so i love the idea of yeah a safe music platform that's genius
2: it is, it has been a game changer because as you said, the, the language that kids are learning and then sing later, or even as an adult, yeah, you just, if it's, you just can't believe
1: it's just um, mainstream.
2: Totally.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you were having a conversation like that with the words I that know. are in a song, it'd be like, whoa, you're a crazy person. <laughs> but for some reason in music, we're all just like bothered. Like- yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, totally. <laughs> It's very interesting.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, okay, let's talk Speaking about of So many
0: media. specific songs
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> so many. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, let's talk social media for a minute. Um 54%, again, I'm getting this right from your website. 54, 54% of teens say parents would be shocked to see their social media. And 43% feel pressure to post content that makes them look good. To others. And so, I mean, this is just plain social media, yet we're not even in the metaverse or any sort of virtual reality where Mm -hmm. you can really change things up. But yeah, I just think of kids right now. I didn't have social media until much, you know, until I was, I think, pretty much an adult or at least close to it. And yeah, to think of the pressure that these kids have, not only in their real life, face to face, like every Kid or teenager feels like they have to put on a good face for people, um, be the person that they think other people might want them to be. But now they also have it in what honestly can feel like a whole secondary world, right? And for a lot of kids, social media becomes the world, and so that's just a lot of pressure that just never goes away. Like pre-social media, as young people, we could just go into our bedrooms and close the door and be by ourselves and be who we are. But that seems to be kind of taken away from kids now, like. They're always on in a sense, and I think that's really damaging. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys have thought about that. We agree,
2: and uh, the longer you can wait as a parent for social media, I think the better. And mm-hmm. um, my son, he's sixteen; he still doesn't have social media, oh. uh, and I that was I feel like the right call. However, my daughter, who is fourteen, had begged and begged, and I didn't want her to be sneaking around. I wanted to be upfront, and so we opened an account on my phone. And we do it together. So I see That's what she's smart. looking at. We yeah. talk about it. It just was a conversation that she wasn't dying. And even when I would say, hey, I don't want you on social media. It's a time suck. She would say, but I'm missing out and I, I want to learn about it. And mm-hmm. so I thought, what better way to learn about it than with me and having those that discussion. It's a great idea. So, but even still being on my phone, there are, I've still seen things where she'll compare or she'll mm-hmm. say, but they did it so quickly. And then we talk about it. It's like, it's just this constant open dialogue, which yeah. is has to be com- has to be um, combined with social media or else it just is so damaging.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we, we should... look at it in a really optimistic way, like the way you're doing that with your daughter, it actually creates teaching opportunities, right? Yes. Because you're like, exposed. Yeah. You're exposing her to these things that create such great conversation. Um, that's something Rita and I talk about is that we want to have the hard conversations with our kids anytime they need to have them and preferably before anyone else has it with them. So yeah. I think that's a really cool teaching opportunity. I never would have thought of that. So I really like the way that your brain kind of thinks through solutions. It's, it's really helpful. Thank you. And
2: I, I think different different things work for different kids.
1: Yeah, makes and sense. When we
2: make a mistake as a parent, admit it, own it. And just be open with it because we're trying and they're trying. And when they make a mistake, I think it's so much easier to say, hey, we all make mistakes. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's also a really important thing for kids to know. Parents aren't perfect. And no. Newsflash. Then they don't have to strive for perfect either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to try the Gab phone with my kids. I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day. Um, th- she's actually been looking at these for a while, the watches specifically. And we went to the pool the other day and we were talking about just, you know, going over to friends' houses and things and not having, like when we were in school, there were pay phones. So if practice got let out early, you could call your parents. There aren't pay phones now. And so if you're the only kid without a phone, how do you get a hold of your parents? And then um, when you go to friends' houses, and say you're uncomfortable, you're, your child's yeah. uncomfortable. Now everybody has cell phones. There's no house phone to just go grab and call your parents. Like you have to tell the other family, like, hey, can I use your phone? You know, the or the other parent that's there. Which so they probably like, have in their pocket or something. Yeah. It feels more personal. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know. I hadn't really thought of that until we were talking about it. Just if – Your child is at a friend's house and uncomfortable. They actually have to ask for the phone. They can't just grab it off the wall or whatever, like when I was a kid. And I'm like, wow. that Because I never really thought about my kids needing a phone yet. My oldest is 11. But, you know, she's getting to the stage where she's going and doing more things. And I think that's one really big reason to, you know, help keep them safe, to be able to reach us without feeling like they have to tell somebody else they want to call their parent.
2: Right. And even with co-parenting households, that's another mm-hmm. way that Gab can help because it's just a solution, again, to use that yeah. word, without um, having to the child to go to mom to then talk to dad. You know, it gets a little complicated that way. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then when you were talking earlier about your son having the iPhone and then going to the Gab phone... What would you say, because I'm sure that we have parents listening right now their kids already have the iPhone or, you know, whatever smartphone there is out there, and they're probably thinking like, well, that'd be nice, but yeah, try taking that away from my kid. You know, what would you tell parents who maybe want to like kind of regret their decision and want to go back but feel like it's almost impossible at this point?
2: So that usually, that is usually the case. It is hard to take it back. Um, and I would just continue those conversations of healthy boundaries. And and then hopefully that they'll be smarter for the next kids. We hear it over and over again, where people mm-hmm. say, I met my first kid giving them an iPhone at 13, 14 or whatever, but I will not make the same mistake with my mm-hmm. second child. And then they become a Gab family. Okay. So I, I agree with you. It is hard once you've given them the iPhone, uh, but it is certainly not too late. And um, like I had mentioned and shared, I saw the light come back um, mm. to my kid, and so it was worth it for yeah, us yeah. To, to learn those those uh, skills and to it's talk. Really it good through. to hear.
1: No, that's such good encouragement. I think sometimes anybody, no matter your age, you just have to know that hard things are going to be hard, but the light at the end of the tunnel is coming, and that it's so worth it. So if that is you in that situation, like take a cue from Anne-Marie and persevere and just know that you and your kid will be better for it. I, I think that's hugely encouraging. And even if it's not the cell phone situation, I can think of situations with my kids. We haven't gotten to that point yet, but where something like that is important. Like my daughter in chores, for example, I probably should have pushed her harder on chores when she was a little bit littler. And I'm, I'm realizing that now. Um, but that's good encouragement for me. It's going to be hard, but just keep going and she will be better for it. Um, that just is good parenting advice in general, but okay. So if people are looking for a phone, um, tell them how they can get a gab phone. So check out our website, which is gabwireless.com.
2: And on there, you'll find family resources that has all sorts of information, on the metaverse, which we talked about, and um, open dialogue with your child and difficult conversations that foster connection. Things that are just really helpful for parents and nice soft suggestions um, to get through those difficult moments. Uh, If you do decide to purchase a Gab device, we have an exclusive code, boom clap. Use that in the promo code uh, section and that will be a discount for your listeners. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that.
1: that. There's truly not, you know, there's not many people that, or companies I should say that we would want to partner with. And Gab is absolutely one of them. We're just, like you said, we're looking for solutions and that's what you guys are providing. So we're very thankful for that.
2: Good. And I I do hope your listeners leave feeling empowered because that is, that's the end game is um, we know it's hard and we're there with you. I, am I parenting, is just one difficult conversation after the next,
1: right? That's the truth, yeah.
2: In the end, it's what um, builds trust and does foster that connection. So um, I I thank you for having us on and um, thank your listeners for um, listening and and learning about how to foster that with their own child.
1: That's great. Thank you. And for our Canadian listeners, if I'm not allowed to say this, I will cut it out later, but – the plan is for gab to eventually come to canada right yes yes and wait. And we're
2: listening and we're getting it there <laughs> and thank you so much for being patient and rallying uh-huh. around us
1: yeah just just know guys that's the plan it's coming and canadians yes. like me are just super excited for that so yes. thanks again Anne Marie. we really value your time we value your expertise and it was just so nice to have a conversation with you
2: so nice to talk with you all
1: You guys, we love (laughs) Anne-Marie. She had said at the end, you guys are fun. I feel like we became really fast friends, and I agree. Like, we love her as well. She's so easy to talk to, but also just wise and full of good, solid advice. Like really, yeah. she's one of those people with her head screwed on straight and you can tell when you're talking to her. Practical
0: so, parenting advice.
1: Yes. That's a really good way to put it. Just very practical, but also very grounded and graceful. Like mm-hmm. I really like some of the things she's implemented with her kids and I'm absolutely going to take that moving forward in my own parenting. Um So yeah, we hope you enjoyed that. You can check out Gab Wireless at gabwireless.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram at gabwireless as well. And again, if you are looking for a safe alternative for your kid instead of going the iPhone route or something like that, do check them out and use the coupon code boomclap to get yourself some savings. And as always, if you want to find us outside the podcast, you can find me, Cecily, on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my
0: website, thegracetogrow.com. And you can find me, Rita, at RitaRogersCo.com or RitaRogersCo on Instagram. Thanks for listening.